gorgeous, it's Adam Markovitz. It came true, it's Deepu Murti. You can't deny the fact that you like her. Right now, you like her. It's Zara Finley-Sherris. And I'm the king of the world. I'm Brandon Werner. In this matchup, we are battling Oscar Neverbins. But first, let's get to know our special guest, Adam. Adam. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Can I just say I'm really glad that you did the correct version of the Sally Field quote because very frequently misquoted as you like me, you really like me. But that's not what she really said. No, I googled it and yeah. we watched because I didn't want to be incorrect. <laughs> and this I'm is like the perfect journalist. introduction to Adam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just happened. Adam Attention is Attention to detail. <laughs> <laughs> Our little get to know you question is, Adam, which of this year's Oscar nominated films was the most miserable experience to watch? Oh, The Revenant. <laughs> duh. <laughs> It's just like watching Leonardo DiCaprio not die, but almost like seven times for three hours. I actually just saw it because I'm very behind on movies right now, but I saw it for Valentine's Day with one of our friends, which was a super romantic experience. (laughs) Nothing says I love you like someone living inside of a living naked inside of a horse uh, corpse. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a, horse die. a horse dies. Lots yeah. of horses die. Yeah. More horses die in that movie than people, I feel. There's so many horse deaths. There's a, there's a lot of horse in die. the first three minutes, there's a horse death. A brutal one. Yeah. Let's define what we'll be battling tonight. We're talking about... Oscar performances that, or no, sir, performances that you, we feel deserve Oscars. We're never nominated, but in our opinion do. And then part of this is we're going to say the scenes that we would like to see that would be part of the nomination montage before they, if they were to be nominated, what would be the scene that they would be nominated for? Actor or actress performance. So it would have been the best actor, best, best actress, best supporting and best, best supporting actor and actress as well. Right, it's a performance. A performance, yeah. Uh, that got snubbed for whatever reason, and it's like a real chance to let all the like comedies and action movies or child actors like have their chance to you know win an honorary Oscar from the Toots Faves cast. Yeah. Or sneak peek animals. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise! It's not an episode of Toots Faves without an animal making it onto a list. <laughs> Welcome to the Toads, Faves, Battle Dome. This week's battle, Oscar Never Beans. Our contestants and their Toads, Faves, Oscar Never Beans are Adam, Brittany Murphy, Clueless, Dana Carvey, Wayne's World, and Michelle Pfeiffer, Batman Returns. Shadow the Dog from the movie Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Paul Rudd is Andy in Wet Hot American Summer. Gwyneth Paltrow is Margot Tenenbaum in The Royal Tenenbaums. Deepu. Mira Sorvino in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Dean Hackman in Royal Tenenbaums. Joseph Mazzello in Jurassic Park. Brandon. Judy Garland as Dorothy Gale in The Wizard of Oz. Steve Martin as Navin Johnson in The Jerk. Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance in The Shining. Favotron matchups complete. Round one, Dana Carvey from Wayne's World versus Judy Garland from The Wizard of Oz. So Dana Carvey in Wayne's World, uh, the scene that would play if he were being nominated is the scene where he's at the restaurant, like the diner where they eat, and he sees the waitress who he's in love with, and he does the foxy lady dance to Jimi Hendrix's foxy lady. 
which is one of the finest uh, non-Gene Kelly musical dancing performances in all of film history. <laughs> um, just the way he sort of like makes his hip hops and he makes little fox ears as he's walking up. <laughs> and uh, he does his weird little Garth overbite and he's wearing a giant blonde wig and it's transfixing, um, emotional. I think it captures the struggle of the human spirit. Um, and it's set in uh, Peoria, Illinois, I think. Or, or was it Aurora? One of those Aurora, two. Aurora. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my home state. So I got, I got to represent. So that would, be, that would be the scene that would play for, uh, for Dana Carvey. In talking about Judy Garland as, as Dorothy, you, you might think that I'm going to go to Somewhere Over the Rainbow because it's obviously the, the showstopper that gets you right into that, that movie. But I think that her Oscar real moment is actually when they are outside the, uh, the wizard's uh, den lair in the Emerald City. Dorothy finds out that she can't go inside and she breaks down and starts crying, which in turn makes... Uh, the guards start crying because he also had an, an anti M. And uh, I think that that is the best moment. And uh, as a child, it also, also, also used to make, also used to hit my heartstrings. It still kind of does. It is kind of the straight man of that movie. And as I said before, the comedy thing, I like straight men, that they're interesting. And she's dealing with a lot of fantasy, crazy things. And some of the special effects are great for the time, but they're not up to the level they might be today. And some of them are actually better, but her amazement and belief of everything that's happening, whether it be a paint, walking into a painted backdrop, is so realistic and so beautiful that it's one of the things that helps draw you into that movie. I, I don't think it would be the same if they cast Shirley Temple like they were going to, uh, and, and instead they went with Judy Garland. The Foxy Lady <laughs> scene is was like my introduction to Jimi Hendrix when I was like, a tween and i thought that was so cool <laughs> uh yeah it was amazing it was amazing um also- in the past week i recently like schwinged for comic relief during like a tense moment in a lab meeting i mean listen there like- are endless endless <laughs> wayne's world moments <laughs> i frequently find myself going zang as like which they translate <laughs> as being excellent in cantonese but honestly i do not know if that means excellent in Cantonese, but I still just use it. But Dana Carvey is amazing. He creates, (laughs) he makes like a character who you actually care about, even though it's like a man in a weird, like Nancy Grace blonde wig with like man child. (laughs) It's very, very, very odd. Also my one, uh, Brandon, I mean, Judy Garland is phenomenal in in, uh, Wizard of Oz. She got an Academy Award for uh that year but it was like a special it was called a juvenile oscar it wasn't um, an actual oscar it was, it was like a patronizing oscar it was an actual oscar yeah it's like it was an actual oscar but it's when it was, it was like a juvenile that, oscar well disney got when he did snow white and the seven dorbs and they gave him like seven yeah, little oscars and they're like something Here's like this that. something but like it's funny because seven the snow white and the seven dwarves is what led to uh the wizard of oz because the snow white did so well was a block actual blockbuster when that was a thing and it did so with the, all the other studios scrambled to figure out uh how to make fantasy movies and clearly uh, wayne's world follows in that tradition um, <laughs> two young boys with a dream uh, from from the midwest <laughs> from the midwest also from the from, midwest from the yeah. midwest uh, you know, I, I believe that they really, you know, it's all about movies allowing us to see our wildest dreams of having a um, 
public access cable TV show in our basements. <laughs> Which is you know, that's their Oz. I think that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, I'll, I guess I just say that I love Wayne's World, but Wizard of Oz, I think, is one of the greatest movies ever created. And such, I don't think in parades people dress up like Wayne and Carl. You're not going to the parades. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wayne. Um, true, true. That being said, I don't think there's that many Oscar winners that I've seen in parades. Like, <laughs> like I don't see anybody. Um, well, exactly. Dressing up like the exactly. old woman Titanic, <laughs> like marching down. <laughs> Dressing up as like Juliette Binoche in the English Patient, (laughs) (laughs) waving, waving. (laughs) It's like I'm trying to imagine if I was watching TV. Both of these were listed as nominees. It would be absolutely obvious that Judy Garland would win, but my heart would have been like, oh. Yeah. I wish I went to Dana Carvey. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know she deserves it, but I wish it went to Dana Carvey. I love yeah. Wayne's World so much that I almost agree because I thought you were going to say with your example, like if these bo- movies were both on TV, which would I stop and watch? And not- it's Wayne's World. No, I, every time. I don't think I've once scanned past The Wizard of Oz on the TV. Once. She wasn't when I was growing up. She wasn't my favorite character because she was such a wuss. I think I think Dana Carvey was like just amazing and also so just bizarre and weird. And the fact that people still do like you know uh, Garth impersonations in just speaking, you know, like cool. It's like so. It's such a I don't know. It's a very He's like iconic. The... Uh, but people character. still do Dorothy and like Dorothy impersonations, totally, and that movie totally. came out. <laughs> So much longer ago than Wayne's World. I mean, this okay, is an so argument about apples and very gay oranges, really. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I mean, this is a little weird that I'm finding myself saying this, but I almost feel like there's more emotional depth in Garth. Okay. Um, I I have to go with Garth because I love Garth so much. I'm gonna have to say, party on, Garth. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Rudd from Wet Hot American Summer versus Brittany Murphy from Clueless. Picture this. A cafeteria scene. Nina Garofalo's the camp director tells camp counselor Andy to put his tray away. And Paul Rudd as Andy takes a full minute to humph and grumph his way across the cafeteria. <laughs> to put his tray into the trash and it is a single perfect comedic improvised reaction to a scene and that would be the scene i would play in paul rudd's nomination package i mean there's so many amazing lines in this movie and performances but that one alone no matter when that movie is on tv sometimes i just pull up that scene on youtube and it is my absolute favorite and the way he just like ugh. like his way through the scene (laughs) it's so incredible and so perfect and so subtle in a way that he you know exactly who this character is (laughs) even though it's like it's a huge cast of characters and they only each of them only has like two scenes but he is the best and my favorite part of that movie and that is paul rudd as andy in a wet hot american summer she's just a girl from a small town and she's moved to Beverly Hills. She's a little out of her depth, but a kindly stranger named Cher Horowitz <laughs> takes pity on her, makes her over, and turns her into the prettiest of the popular girls. 
But so Ty, played by Brittany Murphy and Clueless, uh, becomes a little bit of a monster. And uh, the scene that I would choose is the one where she's uh, Ty has fallen in love with Josh, played by Paul Rudd, which is why this is very, I know, this is very Twilight zone right now. It's like Paul Rudd v. Paul Rudd. Um, which I think I've had that dream before. So they are, uh, Cher and Ty are kind of in a fight because Ty likes Josh, who, as we remember, is Cher's, uh, brother, ex stepbrother or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so Cher's kind of saying, but Ty, do you think you could really end up with Josh? Like, I don't know if you're right. And Ty is starting to get a little offended. And then Cher says, I just don't think you mesh well together. And Ty says, why am I even listening to you? You're a virgin who can't drive. Which is, let's face it, one of the greatest lines in the history of film. <laughs> it's the best line. I'm so glad. I was nervous you were going to pick the wrong scene. I should have known nope. better because you're Adam. You're a virgin <laughs> who can't drive. So um, that's it. That's it's hard. This is really hard because, as you know, Clueless is one of my favorite I know, movies. I know. And the scene I would present was the one when she's talking about her sort of breakup or like with Elton. Uh, and she was rolling with the homie. Elton. Oh, and rolling oh, with the homies plays. The and she goes, This was our song, Rolling with the yes. Homies. And then she starts banging her head on yes. the table. <laughs> It's so glad oh, yeah, there's so many moments. So also, the one where I, I this was a line I didn't get until I was older. Because when I was younger, I didn't know what it meant. But when she's first befriended by Cher and everyone, and she goes, Shit, you guys, I've never had straight friends before. And I thought that just meant like real friends. <laughs> 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 took me until took me until maybe college. Where I was I like, oh, I, uh, straight friends. I think this is the first time I'm realizing that too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Chris has straight friends. Mm. But the one I remember when I was little was like, you guys got Coke here? Yes. And I really thought, like, Coca-Cola, like, no doubt in my mind. And then until, college, and I was like, oh, drums. That's not Coke here. your big problem, I think, is picking, it's the problem I had with with Michelle Goudreau from the Friends cast last week, or last episode, is that, like, why Paul Rudd out of, like, well, and Michael Justice Schwalter, Stellar. But also Michael Ian Black is amazing. In it. But Paul and Rudd had just Pierce, that scene. Like, I would argue, why not Paul Rudd from Clueless? Oh, no, this is better. <laughs> You're turning the whole no, thing on Paul Rudd and Clueless. I mean, Paul Rudd and Clueless is a like dreamboat, but he's sort yeah. of a, he's a little milk toasty. Yeah, like he's there would be a nice compromise Josh. between the two. Uh, Josh, <laughs> I'm totally in love with Josh. Totally, but crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, we could spend the rest of the episode just quoting <laughs> Which is a good sign. Yeah. And if we're talking like Oscar shop here, I don't... Memoriams. I was going to say, Oscars. it's a oh, posthumous no. Oscar. Posthumous is the trump card in the Oscars. We all know it. So she's just going to win this whole thing. You don't she, get an Oscar unless you do an accent. You play somebody with a mental disability. He has all of them. Or she has die. an accent. <laughs> Oh my god! I think thread. I might just have to relinquish because, in a way, Paul Rudd lives on through Clueless. Yeah, yeah, it's true. This it's is a true. win for both of us. It is. No, well, I, as usual, it's just always a win for Paul Rudd. Yeah, well, his whole <laughs> life has been a win. I think. Steve Martin from The Jerk versus Mira Sorvino from Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. I was thinking about this episode, and one person that I think should have all of the Oscars is Steve Barton. And 
Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't have all of the Oscars, but he should have all of the Oscars. And I think one of his best performances is uh, in The Jerk. And the scene that would play uh, is when he has the character of Navin Johnson, after rising from starting as a poor black child into becoming a rich white man, is when he loses all of his money, um, and he's told that he's, they've lost all the money, and he says he doesn't need any of it. He doesn't need any of this stuff, any of it. And then as he walks out, he says, I, well, I need this, and I need this. And he just picks up everything that he sees, and then when he finally gets outside, and he says, and my dog. And the dog runs away. And he says, I don't need my dog. <laughs> and for a comedian, it's, I always, comedians never get the, the attention in the Oscars. And it's so hard to put, make something not only funny, but emotional and human. And the jerk has all of those things in that character. Uh, he makes you feel for him and want him to see him succeed uh, because he's just such a, a jerk. Okay, so the, the setting is, um, in, it's in Romy Michelle's high school reunion. Um, Romy Michelle had previously in the movie gotten into a fight, and then you jump to a flash hypothetical future where uh, when Michelle wants to apologize to Romy after not speaking for 50 years, she video chats her, and you see Romy, played by Mara Servino, in her deathbed. And when Michelle says hi, all, all Romy says in return is, I'm the Mary, you're the Rhoda. And then there's this like slow motion, like perfectly still, comedically timed middle finger being drawn up to the screen with the best character acting I've seen. She shows versatility of being a young ditz to an old, strong woman. Ends with like a close up on her middle finger. Next year's friend, Michelle. Um, this is just one of many reasons. Hold it in Rome. I would almost like to just say the exact same set of arguments Brandon made. <laughs> Comedic actors never get their time in the sun and the Oscars. Um, and she, she makes you want to feel for her. <laughs> and you want to see her succeed. Um, and I just think it's like, a, you know, you got the comedians. They never get represented. Female comedians, it's even harder. And I think she just like kills it with like beautiful comic timing and what seems like it could be a really stupid movie. But it like turns golden. Also, I also want to say that Steve Martin won an honorary Oscar, but again, for that movie, no, for his career. Well, this right. is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to just say a little behind the scenes that when Brandon and I, we usually don't share things, but I was like, this one I had just there are just so many performances, I was slightly overwhelmed, and so I was sharing not all of them, just one. But then Brandon brought up Steve Martin, and it's like. Do you, is it like Father of the Bride? Oh, I was going to say That's Father I was, of the Bride. He was almost on my list. Father of the Bride all yeah. the way. So this was yeah. our argument. That is what I was going to do, and Zara convinced me back onto The Jerk. No. But I do think <laughs> that The Jerk is a much better it's a performance. Per- better performance. It like is an amazing Bride, performance. It's like the best one of my favorite yeah. movies yeah. of all time. And all, remember, remember, like, Michael Fassbender got nominated for Steve Jobs. So, like, you don't... It, it can, <laughs> I think we all need to remember that. We <laughs> should remember that. Like, every day. So, I don't like, know why I need to remember that. Yeah. Just remember that. that. No, because sometimes you can be nominated for... For a terrible movie. But you get nominated for your performance, not necessarily the movie you're in. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Which is how I landed on Mira Sorvino instead of uh, Michelle Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. Oh. 
Can she get a little respect, please? <laughs> she was only friends apart. for 35 years. <laughs> I was falling apart. Uh, but I was like, who actually did the better acting performance? Oh, and it was like Mira. Oh, Mira. Mira. She does that crazy really... accent, which you know she walked on set the first day and they were like, um, Mira's doing a weird voice. Can somebody talk to Mira about her voice? And then they were like, nope, it's a choice she's made <laughs> as an actress to do that bizarre, like, Rumi, we're going to... Uh. Also, the line you should have picked is the one where she meets, she's at the reunion and she sees the guy with the nice suit and she goes, oh, nice suit, you must be very wealthy or something like that. And he goes, actually, I'm a suit salesman. And she's so desperate to get away. She goes, oh, will you excuse me? I cut my foot earlier and my shoe is filling up with blood. And then she limps away. (laughs) I actually use her as a litmus test because when people ask me what my five favorite movies are, uh, Romy Michelle is one of them. Yeah. And they'll either think I'm stupid or like really smart for picking that movie. And if they get the like, oh, and I'm like, oh, you get it. Like this is actually comic genius laced, like superficially vapid. So good. The layers. But like Brendan, I'm I'm stuck because like it's Martin. Like I love. Steve no, Martin. I think the Jerk is one of the best movies, comic make movies ever made. And I don't. I feel like it maybe doesn't have this, the lasting power that some movies, like some comedy movies, like Animal House, ha- have from that. Or Romeo and Michelle's. Like, well, I mean, like from that. Era, like there's a lot of movies that, that like of our parents' generation that have been handed down to us. And I'm very, I feel very lucky that one of the movies my parents made me watch early on was the jerk because i don't feel like i feel like you have to be a real comedy geek nerd to really have seen yeah because it's a little it's like a slow comedy but it's very but smart very and very smart. deliberate yeah it's very deliberate in how it uses its time is that the one where they sing tonight you belong to me yes on ukuleles yes on ukuleles on the beach with bernadette peters is in yeah, that movie bernadette peters also uh, talking about awards bernadette peters he goes so goofy to so serious but also talk about winning oscars he he legitimately has some sort of mental problem <laughs> and there's this great moment in the beginning that the I, character or steve martin the well, character no, no okay. steve, yeah. steve martin is, is one of the smartest people ever but he has this moment when in the very beginning where he 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 thinks he's adopted by a black family a poor black family and he hears like the worst elevator jazz music on the radio and he the joke is he can't dance because he's he's white he doesn't know he's white but th- so whenever they play like their con- their music, his family's music, he can't dance. But when he hears this jazz awful music, he starts dancing, and he's like, "This is something about this. It speaks to me." And and it's just such a perfect moment where he took his stage act of being so physical and, and amazing, and then transformed it into this character. But it's still a unique thing. It's not just like. Wayne's World or someone, they take their character from whatever and they just put it into a movie. He evolved himself and made an amazing character and not didn't do the easy thing. And it's a great segue to one of my arguments for uh, Mira Servino was her <laughs> dance scene in Romeo and Michelle's. Oh. Let's just not forget uh, that she time like... Time after time. She double so threats it also. That movie introduced me to Cyndi Lauper, similarly <laughs> to how... <laughs> And Alan Wayne's Cumming. World introduced me into and Alan, yes. I had such a crush on Alan Cumming oh. as Sandy Frank. Oh my god! Why do I remember <laughs> the that? most telling statement about Zara? Her childhood crush. It's like I like his glasses. This is hard because this is like voting art 
And like this is a Romeo episode all over again, where there's a populist character versus an artsy character, and then the sitcom one, the artsy characters always fell to the wayside. (laughs) Artsy characters where they cast a Fraser. (laughs) Well, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Mira Sorvino, but I won't be too damaged if other people vote for Steve Martin because I can sort of get it. I can't believe this is making me want to vote against Steve Martin and Steve Martin. This is like, it's hard because if it was Father of the Bride, I think I would have voted for it. Remember, you told me to move off of Father of the Bride. So I said I'm a sabotage. This is why we don't share. share. Sleeping on the couch. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sleeping on the couch. Um, The... Gotta vote, Zara. Well, this is for me, The Jerk is not one of my treasure movies, but Romeo and Michelle is. Vote your heart. Remember, you told me to switch it. If this was anyone else, I would pick Steve Martin hands down, but I want to I want to pick Mira Mira Servino. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. That I'm makes just... three. Gene oh, <laughs> Hackman from the Royal Tenenbaums versus Shadow the Dog from Homeward Bound The Incredible Journey. A hill. A beautiful suburban family waiting. What are they waiting for? Some animals to come home. They moved across the country, but their animals were left behind. And over the hill, oh, there comes Chance the Dog, voiced by Michael J. Fox. Yay! Oh, and there comes Sassy the Cat, voiced by Sally Field. (laughs) Don't worry, you guys. They're all together. But then the dad turns to the son. They're waiting for one more dog. And this oldest son is so upset because this dog belonged to the oldest son. And the dad says, I'm sorry, son. He was old. And there's a moment of where you don't know if Shadow's going to return home. But then over the hill, there limps an old, muddy, golden retriever. (laughs) I can't even get through this. A scene that is so powerful. I'm tearing up. I had to replay it to remind myself yesterday, and I started to cry. And not just eye-misting, like full sobby tears, because Shadow came home. He got himself out of that hole. There are two poignant scenes, and this is the actual Homeward Bound part. But the there's another scene where he's trapped in a hole but that I can describe at another time. But that when he returns home, he's a beautiful old dog, and he made it. So oh, it's nice, sorry, because we both sort of picked uh, old dogs who make it. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> so I went with Royal Tenenbaum from the Royal Tenenbaums. And I think the scene would be because it's, it's uh, already like a montage set for the Oscars is um, set to the tune of me and Julio in the schoolyard. Uh, it's royal bonding with his estranged grandsons. You see shots of them going to the cockfights. You see them stealing milk from the grocery stores. They're on, um, what are those cars kids go around on? Like, uh, like Hot Wheels? Remember so, their hand on the back of the bus. <laughs> like you would go with your friends in high school around a, a lap. A go-kart, sorry. Oh, yeah. It's him with the go-kart. So it's just like this mischievous uh, fun between a grandpa and overprotected children. And I think, like, best exemplifies, well, I'll argue why he was such a great character, is that there's, like, this layer of tenderness underneath, like, a really gruff, sad man. Um, so I think that would be the scene. And it was um, a perfect portrayal of a character by Gene Hackman. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's, like, a pretty... We're, we're on two sides of a spectrum. 
<laughs> of potential Oscar snubs. One being a um, five-year-old geared dog. Yeah. Like a, a dog targeted for five-year-olds. And, um, you know, an actual, like, beautiful Oscar-worthy performance. I Zara, you say, or an actual beautiful golden retriever. Yeah. Zara, what do you think Shadow's, like, Oscar speech should be like? Um... <laughs> No, we, we, no. You, actually, we actually looked. So, so, and then when the conductor starts to play him off, he'd go and snatch the baton in his teeth and run away with it. And then he would sit up on his hind legs and raise one paw, and the whole audience would go crazy. Like, Zara did research on the actor who played Shadow. I did. His, the voice, the actor who voiced Shadow, is a longtime voiceover artist and an old. Um, Hollywood star of the 40s who also came from vaudeville it was called Don Amechi and he was oh, Don the guy Amici. Amici, Amici. Amici. and he's in um, Coming to America and Trading Places yeah, he plays he's Mortimer excellent. Duke so he's like a great character actor but came from the whole vaudeville old golden age of yeah. Hollywood times yeah. golden retriever age of Hollywood the golden retriever age of Hollywood yeah but this was his second to last role before he died. Oh no! He fell. He actually he fell, fell in a hole. In hole he he fell in a out. hole and he couldn't get out. <laughs> that last night, Zara was uh, sitting on the other side of the room and she was researching, sitting very quietly. And then I looked over and she was completely bawling. And it's because she was watching <laughs> that scene over and over. Well, I again. watched it two times. <laughs> I had to transcribe it to make sure I had the line right. Well, he was um, old. Speaking of oh god, no. Speaking of posthumous Oscars too, like you know that dog's dead. <laughs> There's no way that gonna... dog's still alive now. That movie That's was like 20 dog. years ago. That that, that dog's, dogs been dead for a long time. All the dogs in that. All the, the dogs. Cat are dead. Cat. Yeah. Sassy the cat. And, and I looked him up on Google Images just to remind myself at how cute he is. And what I'm actually seeing is, like, the range of his dramatic faces. (laughs) I see him, like, sad, pensive, happy, and, like, angry at that. Like, what was a boxer that was a little shit? What was that? You know, Michael J. Fox's chance. He was sort of a No, he was just young. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't didn't get it. He didn't get it yet. Yeah. Um, do you want me to just say the the best quote that made me cry that you're probably seeing from Google Image? If you Google image search Shadow the Dog, <laughs> there is a meme or more of like a GIF quote where it's just the Shadow the Dog when he's in the mud hole, all old with like white face. And <laughs> the quote is, you've learned everything you need, Chance. Now all you need to learn is how to say goodbye. Oh, no. <laughs> Take that. Why was that not Take your that, scene? Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I um, I love Gene Hackman, but I was also really torn between picking him and uh, Margot Tenenbaum, who was also on the list. Mm-hmm. And given this diversity of emotions I'm seeing in these dog faces, like... <laughs> well, no, he's, he is excellent in that movie, and he's... You know, some of those great performances, they kind of just disappear because they're just so good. Mm-hmm. And, like... It's an ensemble piece, but he's so strong and just kind of plays the villain in an interesting way where uh, he is basically the villain of that. He's the antagonist of that movie. And oh, yeah. When he shoots Chaz with the BB gun. <laughs> when he goes up against Danny Glover in the kitchen. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's great. Or when oh. he gives critiques to Margot's 10-year-old, like she finishes her 10-year-old oh, yeah. screenplay and he like calls it a little trite. Like it's yeah. it, it, it perfect see, tension for the rest of the movie. I want to see... Gene Hackman, although there's more coming, because I, I other people I played around with were um, uh, Bill Murray and Rushmore, 
And I played around with a few Bill Murray's in Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, so Wes Anderson they, movies, like, they'll get cinematography all the time, and they'll get screenplays, but they never hit it with, like, actors and actresses. And they're good at sort of well, they hit resurrecting it. people, they like just, putting, yeah. showing people in a new light. Yeah, yeah, and it, they just such range in the movie. It's comedy and it's drama. So, All right, where are we going? Well, I was going to give up on uh, Gene Hackman, but I think Brandon just switched me back <laughs> over to it. Look at the dog faces. Look at the dog faces. <laughs> I had to cover them up with my face. other notes. Gene Hackman's, Gene, imagine Gene Hackman in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make Adam go first. He's, he's, he's dodging yeah. shade by uh, I'm gonna, waiting until things resolve. I'm going to vote for Gene Hackman here only because... I feel like it would be really sad if the dog won the Oscar and then it had to carry it in its mouth off of the stage and it's very heavy and that's not good for a dog's teeth. So like, while I hope that that performance would be widely praised, I don't actually want that dog to have an Oscar. (laughs) The same thing might happen with Gene Hackman though. He's like 85 now, but... Yeah, don't let Gene Hackman carry that award in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He might might try. He's he's eccentric. Don't let him. Um, all right, I'll relinquish Shadow the Dog, but I understand. Woo! Just make sure you Google those old dog faces. I all week. Round two, Joseph Mazzello from Jurassic Park versus Dana Carvey from Wayne's World. So just to be clear in case people aren't um, as familiar as Zara is with uh, Joseph Mazzello, he played Tim, who was the young boy in Jurassic Park. Uh, a monumental movie. So I think the, you know, obvious scene to pick here is actually the right scene to pick. So they're waiting for the T-Rex to come at the park. T-Rex isn't showing up. And then you just get a shot of this cup and the ground shaking and the ripples going through it. And then a shot of Joseph Mazzello's face as he slowly realizes something's wrong in the world. And then it just proceeds into a great scene where the T-Rex isn't inside the gates, but he's outside of the gates um, and, I, and I picked him. I, I wanted somebody from Jurassic Park. And I was going back and forth on who to pick. And uh, I just think that he represents what I love about the movie is that he, like, embodies the childhood wonder that's associated with Jurassic Park. And just, like, his enthusiasm and excitement and fear was, like, tracing what I was going through, like, perfectly on par. And he just did it really dynamically as, like, a young kiddo. That's, um, that's beautiful. Speaking of childhood wonder... Um, <laughs> when Wayne and Garth are laying on the car, looking up at the airplanes flying overhead, um, you know, just a really poignant moment. And then Garth turns to Wayne and he says, did you, did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he put on a dress and played a girl bunny? <laughs> <laughs> that line, emotional depth, like classic Spielberg. That line apparently was, was improv, by the way. That was an ad lib <laughs> by Dana Carvey. I mean, he's a phenomenal comedian. He's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> but it's also important to note that Joseph Mazzello, unlike a lot of other child actors, is still a total babe. Like, he grew up to be a total babe still. We're judging yeah, the performance, Deepu. Don't try to bait us with a hot guy. Listen, but also... Is he a Babraham Lincoln? He... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ooh, exactly. Is that Ooh, you burnt! <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he rode the tales of those dinosaurs in them. Like, he is, he is, his success was because of the dinosaurs. This is not, yeah. like, you know, a Joseph Mazzello movie. So Whereas, when we knew Zara was going to pick Carvey one animal, was, 
I thought it was going to be the T-Rex from <laughs> Jurassic Park. Could she like... Do you know what? I almost picked the Velociraptors from oh, Jurassic yes. Park. But then I was like, who am I crediting? The animators? The You know, it's like... Andy Circus, <laughs> exactly. No, he wasn't involved. I know, in but times. you know, probably but people, probably <laughs> in some form, in some form. But yeah, they're. I mean, Jurassic Park. Everybody knows Jurassic Park is my number one. <laughs> but I had the same thing where it's like, who do you pick from that? And he's a remarkable child actor, and and that was, I think, one of the better parts of the new Jurassic Park is how they also followed in that line of like very, very good child actors and like the sibling relationships the I think sibling, there's something sibling relationships and absent parents because spielberg that is his jam and i he's great lexi was also fine their relationship was cute yeah but, but it wasn't like i got yeah. i mean i was struggling <laughs> i had like i had to put jurassic park on here and then i was like okay who do i pick from <laughs> from <laughs> jurassic park. Dern. Oh gosh, she's so annoying. She's though. annoying in that movie a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I love her. I think I'm thinking Jurassic Park. Really? Yeah. He's a child actor, which is pretty um hard because this is probably one of his first projects he's worked on. And everything he's reacting to was probably a tennis ball on a stick. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, so he's actually a very good actor. And he those scenes he does seem generally terrified. You know, and as a kid seeing that movie and it was so scary and a part of that was because those other kids were so scared <laughs> now <laughs> like, imagine that generally instead scared. of a tennis ball on a stick it's mike myers in- <laughs> <laughs> that like is not acting. being scared not yeah. being scared of that that's acting <laughs> well he had worked with that tennis ball on a stick for most of his career by that point <laughs> just saying i'm i'm torn on whether i picked the right person or not Dana Carvey's like unbelievably the star of Wayne's World. Oh, I can. But, um, this, but there's a supporting actor. Hey, Brandon, Oscar you had well. your moment. Okay. <laughs> He's so adorable too. He's such like, an adorable little pumpkin in the movie, which is like, you know, pretty perfect. Somebody, I was asking for some suggestions. Also, dared to tell me to pick Jeff Goldblum. Oh, and I was like, yeah. no. I love Jeff Goldblum, but I don't know if I would pick him for this movie. Oh my god, I would, I would have voted, I would have voted Jeff Goldblum in this, but now I'm voting, I'm voting, I'm Dana yeah. Carvey. So are you so Dana Carvey, people? I don't know, Brandon. Am I being too weak, too fast? <laughs> I, I, you know, it's 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 your horse in this race, Deepu. So if you if you're breaking, Guys, I don't know how far you guilty? can make him go, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna stay with Jurassic Park. I mean, he was my number one out of my list of three. Like, I thought he was actually like the real Miss Gem. No, I was, I was. I think it's a great pick because of that. Deepu, because I, I didn't even think of it. All you gotta say is party on. <laughs> That's all you gotta party do. On, just say, oh, just say when, party, like, on. party on. Oh, when that, um, when party the, on, Deepu. When the dinosaur sneezes in his sister's face and he has like that perfect, adorable laughter. Like he is just like the. Uh, he embodies the like heartwarming part of Jurassic Park to me, which is what makes the movie so good. And like, could have uh, Haley Joel Osment have done that or Dakota Fanning? Yes, probably yeah. not. Probably better. Probably. No, no, he was more probably authentic than Haley Joel Osment. What? Okay, well that's like a conversation more... for okay, another time. Then <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna forfeit unhappily. Gwyneth Paltrow from the Royal Tenenbaums versus Brittany Murphy from Clueless. We talked about Brittany Murphy, but Gwyneth Paltrow, yes, she has an Oscar, but possibly for a movie that 
this is the movie that I think she deserves an Oscar more for. It's the Royal Tenenbaum. She plays the character of Margot Tenenbaum, the sort of icy daughter of, you know, genius daughter of the Tenenbaum family. And the scene that would be in the montage is when she's coming off of the bus, arriving home and Nico's these days plays. And she doesn't even have to do anything. The the wind blows her hair and she emerges from a bus. And it's just the most amazing moment in movies. So that would be in the montage. and then. My other favorite scene in the movie is when he's with Luke Wilson in the tent and they their brother and no, what are they? Step, Best friend? Step? Adopted. No. Adopted. adopted. Brother and sister, but she's adopted. Brother, sister, but she's adopted. And so there's a moment in this tent where she tells him, I think we'll have to be secretly in love with each other for the rest of our lives. And it's like the oh. most perfect like ah moment and she's so good in it and her little lacoste dresses and eyeliner is the best and i love her yeah sorry the scene on the bus like i have it documented as i think the best maybe 30 seconds of film in any movie ever yeah. or like at least the prettiest like i don't know if it's the acting yeah, <laughs> or no, just no, like I... great cinematography's <laughs> propping her up <laughs> but it's like the this most gorgeous the so... moment of a film I just want to enter this saying, I know I'm in a losing battle. (laughs) So I will like just present it as that. And that she is the most beautiful. I think she's ever been in a movie, partly because of the set dressing and the costumes and the music and the cinematography of this movie. Everything is just highlighting Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, but I don't it's like know. the most Gwyneth Paltrow of Gwyneth Paltrow's. And I don't know if you're in a losing battle because I think if if you try to imagine somebody else executing that the same character of Margot Tenenbaum, it could come across as like vapid. Yeah, but she's playing like glassy in a way that's like actually really perfect. Like it's not. It's probably not easy to wing that character and have it still be good. You know. You're right. And so there's points where you kind of want um, Luke T- Wilson to end up with her and you think that's going to happen because she's so good at playing this like, oh, will she turn around? Will she actually be a good person? And it's like, no. Yeah, it keeps it on it's edge. A cold, cold heart. <laughs> now, Adam, aren't you a little torn? Because I remember you I mean, singing Gwyneth um, P. P songs from that movie Duets. I being love Gwyneth Paltrow more than I love myself. I know. I so what, gladly, how, are you, how are you gladly, feeling? Like if she were like juicing something and was like in danger of being sucked into the juicer and dying, I would throw myself into that kale <laughs> and like let it take me so that Gwyneth could live on. I think her life is more important than mine. But I'm just going to say she has an Oscar. She won an Oscar for Shakespeare in Love. Remember when she was wearing that weird like bubblegum pink dress and she yeah. cried and she said the first and last names of everyone in her family, which my mother <laughs> still like references sometimes. It's about why she was like, my brother, Jake Paltrow. And it's like, who does that? Nobody does that. <laughs> but anyway, Gwynny's got her Oscar. Um, and I just feel like Brittany Murphy, you know, do you really want to spit on her grave is what I'm asking, I think. <laughs> Whoa. Is that Whoa. what you want to do? Or are you just going to walk to Brittany Murphy's grave? And like snort a couple times and then hawk a fat loogie on it, or are you going to recognize that Ty from Clueless is a brilliant performance, <laughs> full of delightful moments, um, heartwarming wonder, 
and uh you know the occasional like shot where she gets hit in the head by the shoe which i still love because <gasps> you can tell that the shoe is like actually like a soft prop shoe because she doesn't really react quickly oh excellent acting excellent acting god all right so, i know i mean i knew this was a lo- losing battle i <laughs> i i understand she does have her oscar but it's so pretty. It's no, so pretty. she's gorgeous, gorgeous, and that character is amazing. But like, honestly, if I had an Oscar and like Gwyneth and the you know ghost of Brittany Murphy were reaching for it, I would give it to the ghost of Brittany Murphy. I think you wouldn't <laughs> even have to give it to the ghost of Brittany; she would snatch it. Yeah, and like I, she I would, would be almost, enough. I would almost give Gwyneth Paltrow the Oscar for like best set design. Like I really like, yeah. she almost no, no, is like no, no. an object I, of art in that movie, not yes. a like not an actress. actress. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm I'm I feel honored to relinquish in this round. <laughs> Jack Nicholson from The Shining versus Mira Sorvino from Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. This is the one I've been waiting for because I think it's one of the best performances of all time. And yes. Jack Nicholson is a star at the Oscars, but I think that this is the great overlooked performance of all time when it comes to that. Uh, uh, and the scene I want to give you, his Oscar scene, I think is a turning moment of the film, and it's when Jack Torrance, at his breaking point, walks into the bar because he's an alcoholic and he's been at the he's been at the you know the the breaking point and. There's all the alcohol has been taken from the hotel. He walks into the bar, and it's finally when the hotel talks to, to, to Jack. Finally talks to Torrance. And it is the moment where he looks at, there's all the, all the alcohol's gone, camera flips, and then there's a bartender there, played by uh, Lloyd Turkle uh, as Lloyd the bartender, who also played Tyrell in Blade Runner, which is another great movie, lots of... <laughs> Uh, missed uh, uh, Oscars and Mm. it's just that that moment is so great because it's just him at his breaking point in the hotel finally taking over and what's so great with all this acting and so much of that movie is camera tricks but also great acting and he worked under so much just duress and problems because Kubrick was not a actor's director and Kubrick was constantly rewriting constantly rewriting so much and so that uh jack nicholson every time he was given a script he would just throw it in the garbage because he knew that there would be another script coming every scene he memorized his lines minutes before completely different completely different lines yeah so i was i was um desperately <laughs> like everybody talks about how the comedy comedy gets snubbed at the oscars a lot but like science fiction and horror also like equally get snubbed at the Oscars. So I was trying my hardest to pick somebody from one of those genres, and I don't know how I missed The Shining. But I'm almost like happy you put it down here. This is the example of like I wish I would have thought of it. I like it more than my own. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> I I to jump in that scene. I I feel like. This is a common thing where there are certain movie scenes that give you a sense of euphoria to watch them that are so good. One of them actually is in Jurassic Park for me when they first land on the island and they see the dinosaurs yes. and the music scores. Like that that scene I sometimes watch on YouTube by myself because crying. it's like <laughs> crying. between watching Shadow on YouTube, I watch that. 
And it's one of those scenes that just gives me like a tingly, like, oh my God, this is incredible. And the, one of the other scenes that does that is that Lloyd scene in the bar. I just think is absolutely incredible. And we watched it again. on Because it's him doing, it is in October and it was taken so out of that movie. It is a completely normal guy walking up to a bar. That's what I find so amazing. Like it is just completely normal guy talking to a bartender. But because of the circumstances that it's happening, it is chilling. Nothing he's saying is that strange, but the edge that Jack Nicholson is on of insanity, because he goes, he's normal, and then he, although there's lots of people that argue he's insane through the whole movie, but he does walk normal to insane, and that's the scene when he is riding both, and rides them beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually surprised it wasn't nominated for an Oscar... Um, not yet, not for anything. Kubrick in general had problems with that. I, yeah. Um, so is bad. anybody rooting for Romy anymore? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, still, I love I think her so much, but I'm going to go earnest on this one and just say, like, Jack Nicholson in The Shining is like is just one of the best performances ever. Yeah, and that movie is earnest. so great. It's crazy. And in this case, she has an Oscar already too. So. <laughs> mighty Aphrodite. Mighty, yeah, mighty which, Aphrodite. Mighty Aphrodite. Mira yeah. Sorvino. So Academy Award winner, Mira Sorvino. <laughs> so in this case, I think I think it goes to Jack. Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns versus Gene Hackman from The Royal Tenenbaums. So Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, Batman Returns. Uh, she has just like transitioned into Catwoman from Selena Kyle. She like, you know, fell out her window or whatever. And the kittens were all like nipping at her head. Oh, Mac, Mac Shrek. Sorry. Pushed her Christopher Walken, pushed her out the window, left her for dead. And then tiny little kittens start nipping at her face and licking oh, her I remember that kittens, licking her. And then she gets home and she's like all strung out and she walks in and she like takes a jug of, or a carton of milk out of the fridge and just like pours it all over her face. And then she takes this black leather jacket, like Sandy from Greece, and starts like sewing it. And there's stuff flying everywhere. And somehow, from that one leather jacket, makes an entire bodysuit. <laughs> She's a small person. She's that, a small person. Yeah, fits like it was painted on. Um, and says something about like she's feeling yummy and that whole performance it's so campy and incredible and like when she licks Michael Keaton's entire face and like this is pre-CGI you guys that's her real tongue <laughs> she really did that she uses a bullwhip like what else does and a gal need to bod. do her real body which was like the size of a normal you know a healthy six year old in that yeah. suit <laughs> They had to put Vaseline on her to get her into that. Can you say the same for Gene Hackman? <laughs> to get into his overcoat. Did Gene he was just really dry on set and had to use Vaseline. To one question. Did Gene Hackman have to smear his body with Vaseline to get into his costume for the Royal I mean, that should be the determinant for every Oscar winner. Yeah. <laughs> did the Revenant need to smear <laughs> to get into With that. horse guts? Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> Oh my God! I love Selena Kyle Catwoman. Uh, so for much. me, it's uh, not even it's not even a competition because uh, this was one of the ones that I had tossed in my head like once and then it went away. Was what was Catwoman? Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Catwoman. She's so Wait, good. Toss one away because it is not be a competition. I mean, it's, it's not even a competition. Not a competition. Bombs, right? And I I argued for him severely in the last round, but uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Catwoman as Catwoman is one of incredible. Incredible. I think Batman Returns in general gets a lot of... 
It just no oh, one forgets about it. Such a good movie. Oh my god, so Danny DeVito is incredible in it. Whoa, like every, he's I mean, hard to look at. Yeah, but oh, amazing, face. amazing movie. Yeah, I just uh, I really like at my deepest side. I know Gene Hackman has lost this round, but I like if I you know in full earnesty, somebody who deserved an Oscar, an Oscar yeah. for, for the their performance, not for given that year's <laughs> list of like Oscars. I forget who else was running, but I remember being like aghast when I saw the other best actors and whoever won that year. Yeah. I was like, this literally should have gone Hackman for this and it's crazy that it isn't. Where I wasn't thinking that the year that Michelle Piper was playing Catwoman. I wasn't like, oh, you know, you know who should have won this? Best supporting actress. Well, I was. I mean, she's amazing. Also, best actress. Excuse me. Sorry. There was no, there was nobody, there was no actress ahead of her in that movie. <laughs> she was supporting to no one. Um, uh, maybe Penguin's parents in the shadows. He had a mother. There's a mother. There's the model. The the model woman in the circus. Oh, oh yeah. Basinger? Who was his? Yeah. Who was his? Like sweater? no. There's like who a. There's like a. Is Kim Basinger in that? No, they they won't mention what happens to her. Oh, she she's, she's just the gone. First one. Yeah. 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 Fun okay. fact about Catwoman in Batman Returns. At the end, you know how, like, she's dead, but then at the very end, you see her shadow, like, get up, and she rises and walks off mm-hmm. again? That was added later CGI. That wasn't in the original uh, script. She was supposed to just be dead. And then well, they're animated. Like, oh. And then they're there's, like, there's no maybe sequel. Point. No, they did. Was it, it was CGI? something, or maybe it was like literally drawn <laughs> in, the painted, yeah. like rotoscoped in, or whatever it was. Yeah, but it was they they added that later because there was Batman Returns was when Burton became fed up with superheroes, the beginning of it, uh, and Batman Forever. There's an alternate reality Batman Forever that Burton made. There's there is a really good documentary that I've yet to watch about all like the the falling of the falling of Burton having created superhero movies. And, like, the alternate reality that would have been if, like, they, they let Burton do what he wanted. Superheroes probably would have come to culture a lot, like, a decade earlier mm. if they allowed Burton to, to keep going on that franchise and then do Superman. Because yeah. it was all in place. And then they put Penguin on a McDonald's cup. <laughs> it all went, it all I remember the serial toys for Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. That was the Everything problem. in the dark. It was Batman 1, they let him do whatever he wanted, and with Batman 2, they started to bring in the merchandise, yeah. and then they started to yeah. get their hands on it. Well, if yeah. anything, the story of Royal Tenenbaum is about dying nobility, so maybe <laughs> this is the way it should have gone. <laughs> Round three, Dana Carvey from Wayne's World versus Brittany Murphy from Clueless. I find, no, it, I find it very easy. Do you? I find it pretty easy. Oh, Brittany Murphy. Wow. Okay. No, I thought okay. it was right, Dana though. Carvey. Oh, I thought, I'm thinking. And Brittany. I haven't been on his side the whole time, but. Uh, yeah, this is like a great I mean, if you're thinking you. about which character undergoes more growth, like it's definitely Brittany Murphy gets to really well, carry you. But, like, through a, a real trajectory in the movie, whereas Garth is just Garth. <laughs> yeah, no, so years to practice. Like, um, at the beginning, um, Brittany Murphy has red hair, and then she has a makeover, and then she has brown hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, it's a huge transformation. Huge change. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stunning. It's like Nicole Kidman in the hours. Um, 
It's like Eddie oh, Redmayne I in wish the Danish the listeners girl. could see Adam's smug, smug face after he said that hours joke. Like, he I mean, so how many times smug. do you get to make an hours joke in a given day? It not all that often. Smug this, but it's perfect. I mean, I he, like, try. Like Nicole I Kidman try. As, as he was doing it. I don't know. I, I just thought she was a. Uh, Better, it was a better performance, and I also think that it's like sort of unfair that he really did have what like four seasons of SNL to practice getting character down, right? Like maybe yeah. that's actually like the best TV performance, not Ugh. the best movie. Like this late in the game, yeah. we're, we're late in the game. This is hard. I'm going to go with even though these are my two children, it's impossible to choose. I'm going to go with Brittany Murphy because posthumous. You got to go posthumous. Hey, I'm also going to go Brittany Murphy just because. She is like doing her. I feel like the character has more layers. Yeah, yeah. I guess as a comic, like both are comic characters. Yeah. But Brittany Murphy is so great, and just her line readings are so so unique. good. And so I don't good. think another actress could have done that role to the level it was. Totally. Jack Nicholson from The Shining versus Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns. Oh. This is like. Legit Oscar uh, race. <laughs> Suddenly, like we had all these goofy ones in, and they've all been oh my destroyed. God, I can't and at the end, this is like a legitimate contest. Remember when so they are were... we going to pretend Michelle Pfeiffer is a legitimate Oscar? Yes. Race? If that Remember was Jim Hackman, it would have been legitimate. But <laughs> no, but I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm just. I guess I'm. I am lumping together all the Michelle Pfeiffers yeah. and using Catwoman as the like. The beacon of it. Remember when they were in Wolf together and Jack Nicholson was like a werewolf and Michelle Pfeiffer was in love with him and he like ran around in the night and killed a deer? Mm-hmm. That oh. happened. Wolf. That was 90s. a movie. That's what the 90s was. It's yeah. like two sides of crazy. One that's acted well yeah, and one that's acted Jack Michelle Pfeiffer. A, Jack has a very interesting, blurry performance that is well thought out. And that's it. Like, what well, is actually a well thought <laughs> character full of multi <laughs> no, choices? His, his performance is definitely. I mean, it's a Kubrick movie. You know, yeah. it's like it's, <laughs> it's, it's art. It's beautiful. The, but these I are my two. Like, these are like probably my two favorite directors yeah. <laughs> for very different reasons. Said for her being like that character. I think Catwoman is like it's sort of the ultimate vamp, and you think that that character was sort of based on things from, you know, 40s noir, like femme fatale and whatever. But there never really was anybody who was quite that level. Like, she's not, she's not just doing a parody of, like, other characters. It's kind of, she became the gold standard of the I feel like she's kind fatale. of turning up the tradition, the, the, the she's 60s cat woman. She's, like, turning it up. Yeah. It's very, it, it's very similar, but... There was, some, there was some pathos. Level. There was pathos there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, men wronged her yeah. and she took revenge. Life's I like that. a bitch. Now so is yep. she. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, kitty, kitty. Oh, boy. Oh, so good. All right, Jack, come on. Yeah, because it might argue would be All like right, the best fine, Jack. All right. <laughs> Final round. Brittany Murphy from Clueless versus Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Oh! <laughs> Versus Jack Jack Nicholson versus Brittany Murphy (laughs) in Clueless. It could only have been better if it was the dog from Homeward Bound versus Jack Nicholson. I just have to say this is a testament to Clueless. (laughs) I feel like Clueless is one of the best movies ever made. It's easily in my top, maybe number two to Jurassic Park. No, I I love it so much. So much. 
Um, it's incredible. Oof, oof. Okay, my, o- my only hesitation to not have Jack Nicholson go all the way, that, like, he had a chance to win an Oscar for that movie. Like, I'm sure it, it was in people's minds and, like, they actually no, thought about hard, it. Because I think that movie had a double whammy problem in that Kubrick movies didn't always get Oscar attention. Kind of like the Scorsese situation. And it was a horror movie. It was a fly. Know, but if there was, like, a list of maybes, I, I bet somebody said his name. Nobody said Yeah. When the Oscar buzz he had started. A, he, had a, he had a shot. It's like if if the if the if we're looking, it's like a hidden gem versus like this should have happened, right? This yeah. is why it's so hard is that they're like they are polar extremes, but they're on different ends of like why one should be the number one, you know? Yeah, one was like the ignorance of the voting block towards horror well, movies. Okay, versus... here's my thinking: if this show were called like Totes Masterful. Um, <laughs> I would vote Toad's, Toad's heartbreaking, like Toad's. <laughs> to, yeah, Toad's criterion. I would vote for Jack Nicholson, no, but, but it's, I, it's Toad's not just fave, I... and my fave is Brittany Murphy. <laughs> but, my fave is the like. I love The Shining so much. It's not even. It's not to me. That's not even like an artsy thing. That's like I love that movie. Yeah, I feel the same and, way about Clueless. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, but I understand. I understand that, but it's like, and I feel like. Other thing that's so amazing with The Shining is if you go online and just Google, like Google around on The Shining, people well, there's a whole movie analyze people are every like moment of his performance in that movie. Are you every, saying I haven't done that with Clueless? I know you have. I know you have. <laughs> to the contrary, <laughs> I um, again like the posthumous thing. <laughs> Yeah. Is, Guess who's still is, alive? Jack Nicholson. Guess who's still alive? <laughs> oh, surprise, 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 surprise. Guess who has Shock. other Oscars? Jack Nicholson. Oh. Yeah. I know that shouldn't count because it should be the pure acting things. performance. Performance versus performance. Brit me. Brit I'm leaning to Brit, but then Jack is number two, and both are two of my favorite movies. I just have one more question is why. <laughs> Of those ca- of of the characters in that movie, in Clueless. Oh, Brittany's better, better than anyone else in yeah. the movie. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the thing 100%. is, like Alicia Silverstone Alicia is, is the that's like the star making performance. She's so charismatic, but she's not a very good actress. Whereas, like Br- Brittany Murphy was like actually acting her little butt off in this and doing yeah. so- and like killing every line, like just nailing it. And I think Alicia had the 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 youth, like she was much younger. Then they were, or look at yeah. the other actresses they were considering were in their 20s. And I think she was 18 or 17. She was young. Yeah. We're much younger than the more established yeah. names. I think she was like 16 at. or something. Or 16. Yeah. yeah. She was really young. And, and she had to be legally I, emancipated to work on the movie. Yeah. No, no, all the other actresses. She just did, no, she just did those music videos. And so it was kind of like, you have, yes. So you have these, someone, she's obviously great, but it was more like she's a fresh face who has that uncalculated line reading of a young woman yeah. a teen that seems authentic whereas Brittany Murphy is like doing an old hag yes. like yeah. she is <laughs> she's like fade done away in a wig yeah. yeah if Jack Nicholson had like bursted through that door and said instead of here's Johnny if he said you're a virgin who can't drive <laughs> then we'd be in a dead heat <laughs> But <laughs> history didn't play it that way. And I think, you know, my, my vote here is with Brittany Murphy. 
Yeah, I don't know. She feels right for me. Honestly, I just have no chance on this, I feel. This is a movie that's really important to me. (laughs) (laughs) The Toast Fades Oscar Never Beans are... Number five, Gene Hackman in The Royal Tenenbaums. Number four, Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Number three, Dana Carvey in Wayne's World. Number two, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Number one, Brittany Murphy in Clueless. So my favorite of the week is, and of most weeks, to be honest, is Britney Spears' Instagram, which has turned into one of the greatest mysteries of the internet. It is so (laughs) weird and entertaining and fascinating. It's like, I don't even know. It's like a little bit Twin Peaks. It's a little bit Real Housewives. (laughs) It's a little bit like, you know, an early 2000s Britney Spears video. It's all mixed in there. She posts pictures of herself, like, looking really unflattering, drinking, like, you know, a milkshake. She posts weird images, sort of Ren Faire fantasy things of like fairies. The other day she posted a picture of Mandarin ducks with the caption, Mandarin ducks symbolize <laughs> true love. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> it's just insane. And you and if you scroll back really far, you can see the point about, I think it was a year ago, I can't remember, when she clearly started doing her own Instagram. Because before that, it was all kind of like, oh, here's, you know, Brit in rehearsal or whatever. And then she clearly just took her phone away. And all of a sudden, it just turned into this bizarre, like, journey into the dark mind of a pop star. And I'm obsessed with it. And I would look at it every day and usually send them to Zara because they're yes, great. I appreciate it. So my fave of the week is an Instagram handle. I know Adam already did an Instagram handle, but mine is for at Goats of Anarchy which is an animal sanctuary in New Jersey that rescues. It looks like, I mean, judging by Instagram, they rescue goats. They also have a very large pot belly pig and a mini horse and a donkey, I think. And they just post photos and videos of them and the ho- the goats, the baby goats they rescue are so cute. And they put them in baby goat pajamas. And then when yeah, it snowed, they brought them inside. They brought them inside. Well, what's and they the anarchy the part? It's just instead of like Sons of Anarchy, it's Goats yeah, it's of Anarchy. Goats. But they're not like in a, leather or anything? No, no. They're just in little just kitty cute. pajamas and they're so We're cute. not saying they're not. They're, they're in clothes. A lot. But they're not in like, <laughs> clothes. No. And it might just be that like this week, as I was saying, this week is slightly, was a stressful week at work. And so sometimes it's just nice to watch a 15 second video of a baby goat running towards the camera. Yeah. And they're so cute. And there's like a little mini horse and they braid his hair. And so everyone should follow it. And I know they've been asking for money to help their sanctuary. So I'm all, I'm, they're adorable. <laughs> um, so I've been working really hard on trying to make my um, faves of the week more, more timely. Cause I've been picking things that often have been a decade old, like lost. Uh, but this week I like at least got it within like a two year range. So it's, um, it's a YouTube video I've been watching, which is a mashup of the Ting Tings versus Taylor Swift called Shake My Name Off. <laughs> and it <laughs> is so... I had happened to listen to them back-to-back and was like, I bet these beats could jam together. And then, of course, the internet has like done everything you've thought of in your head. Um, so it's by Radio Jesus. Um, and just look up Shake My Name Off if you want like a good uh, mashup jam. If you have an iPhone and you want to take better pictures just take your pictures up a little level and not spend a ton of money 
there's these lenses on Amazon. Now, it's hard for me to describe because there's basically <laughs> all these companies that make them. They're basically probably all buying them from the same Chinese place. But they're these little clip-on fisheye lenses with a macro lens. And there's ones you can buy for $10 that I, I had for a while and I liked quite a bit. And they were plastic. They were fine. But now I bought this one that for $15, 15 to $18. So if you put it into Amazon or go to the totes notes, if you want to find it, it's like a $15, $18 lens. And you can clip it to your front or your back of your iPhone. And it really just makes your photos look like closer to like you took them with a with a with a slr or and it's really good for selfies because it's if it's a fisheye lens or a wide angle lens so you don't need to use a selfie stick because it you know widens the range of view of the lens it's a little geeky but i swear for anyone if you want to take a better photo on your iphone these things are are amazing and right now we're using them for skype because it makes it so that we can fit zara and i in the same frame. I can finally see both of their faces. I know. Isn't it nice? <laughs> These things, I've used them for so much. So much. They're so, so good. And they're only, like I said, $15. Amazing. They're glass and metal. They're like really, really cool, nice devices. I highly recommend them. So you can follow me on Twitter at ZaraFS. Or you can follow on Instagram at Dana Scully Style, who was recently lovingly shared on bust magazine's website and i was so excited it's so good is blowing up and this makes me so so happy and i love to be a part of this weird instagram world and so she's on instagram at dana scully style she's also on twitter and tumblr but that's kind of just like back up for the main thing which is instagram and my plug is you can follow me on twitter at a m r k v t z on twitter that's it um, you can find me at VP Murdy, both on Instagram and on Twitter. And I just uh, had a paper accepted in the Neurobiology of Learning and Memory Journal, so you can find me. <laughs> you can find me in there. On LexisNexis, you can find you. PubMed, please. <laughs> please. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BB Werner and my comedy history show, Laughing Historically, at youtube.com slash laughing historically. And please, everyone, if you like Totes Faves, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It might sound strange, even if you have an Android, go to your Mac or wherever you have got iTunes and do those things for us on iTunes because it does help us it find more people. It makes a difference. People. It helps us find people and it helps us just like pop up in the world. Yeah, it's so if you listen to us in other ways, just find iTunes or someone else that has iTunes. Steal someone's iPhone, go to the iTunes, go to the, and review us. Go to the podcast app and rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And then give them back the phone. Don't steal. That's not cool. You can find show notes and past episodes of Coach Faves and Laughing Historically on yeticore.com. Legendary Show.